Issue number 30 of... I'm not going to sing. I swear to God, I don't know what to do anymore with these fucking <laughs> yeah, things. Shane, uh, Shane, point, Shane pointed out... Why Shane would you do that? <laughs> Shane, Shane pointed out that my energy keeps getting different, and now I'm, like, self-conscious about it, and I feel like I got to, like, do something weird and different. You, you, have to, you have to make a choice early on if you're going to do same energy every day or different energy every day. And you went with different energy every day, so yeah. it's, it's going to be some weird yeah. ones. Okay, well, well issue number 30 now. of the Infinite Backlog. This is a chronicle, a chronological tour the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. And I'm Andy, your basic self-made retailer. And with me are my co-hosts, Shane the Zlub. <laughs> <laughs> and Funky Corn Rory. Oh, I love the Funky Corn, baby. <laughs> uh, today's comics that we read feature Howard the Duck, the Eternals, Nova, and the X-Men. And they take us from August through September of 1976. During this time... The Copyright Act of 1976 extends copyright by another 20 years. Thank you, Disney. Uh, the first Megamouth shark is a thing that I did not know existed. A Megamouth shark is discovered uh, when it's caught in the anchor of a U.S. Navy ship off the coast of Oahu. And very close to home. Gotta love it. Those darn Seattle Seahawks play their first game. Feels good. Feels good. We, uh, I, I Hang don't... on. No. Stop. These sad facts. I need a bummer. You want a bummer? You this is Andy's bummer. I mean, this would this would be uh, this would be a reflection of what's already come up. But I'm sure John Wayne Gacy got somebody over the last. I mean, that's possible. Last period it's possible. Uh, let's see. So I'm looking at the list right now. Uh, we'll keep the one that's good. I like this one. Here's a here's a real sad one. A gunman murders Andrea Wilborn and Stan Farr and injures Priscilla Davis and Gus Gavril in an incident in Priscilla's mansion in Fort Worth, Texas. T. Cullen Davis, Priscilla's estranged husband and one of the richest men in Texas, is tried and found not guilty in 1977. Oh, sad. He pulled some strings. Was it him? I don't know. Who is that sad for? Is that sad for the poors? The poors are sad because they can't get off the hook that easily. (laughs) It's just such a it's just a coincidence, Shane. (laughs) It's just a coincidence that our estranged, very rich husband is not guilty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, I wanna I wanna introduce a new segment. This is a new segment that I'd like to call Price Check. Uh, it's a very exciting. It's a it's a very exciting segment where I tell Are you. Are you talking the about the current, price of a candy bar? <laughs> no, it's the current price of a, of a Marvel comic. It used to be twenty five cents, and as of October nineteen seventy six, it is now thirty cents. Price check. I would like to know the price of a candy bar at this time. Mm, okay, I'll Google it. <laughs> well, the candy bar is probably like twenty cents, right? Doesn't Howard the Duck buy one? Yeah, he does. Oh, yes. Okay, we have an article from the Washington Post. Confirming that in 1976 the Snickers bar was 20 cents. Freaking Shane over here with his candy candy price 
encyclopedia. Hey, Kenny, we literally read a comic about buying a candy bar. I don't remember him saying it was 20 cents. I must have missed it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hey, we, we, we have some stuff to cover today and maybe some decisions to make, but we wanted to start. Actually, here's, here's a really quick place that I'd like to start. Um, we canceled Warlock last week. And again, for like the third time, I'm so sorry. You have to deny him three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's biblical or something. Um, I just wanted to point out a couple things that we missed out in Warlock 14 and 15. I do, skimmed the issues. Do we need to know? Andy, I'm asking you right now. There are two things. Okay. It'll take it'll take very little time. I, the, the, I know, but but you're so over the line with, <laughs> with how, how much extra time you've taken. I'm just being very clear up front for our listeners. Proceed. Okay. Okay. Warlock fought a space shark. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And the only other important thing is that he gets sucked inside the soul gem, and the soul gem says, I am one of the six. Uh I sort don't of care. First revealing, we have we've now fully revealed in the comics that there are six gems, but we don't know the nature of the others. And I know you don't care, Rory. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the stuff that we actually read today, talk to me about Nova. We start we we started a new a new title. We we're finding a little cute boy. What's his name? Rich Ryder. Richard Ryder. Yeah. Um. It has it has tones of stuff we've seen before with like Spider-Man or with um oh Rick Jones. Rick Jones. Yeah, it, this he's sort kind of, of a Rick Jones Peter Parker. You're not wrong. Yeah. It, and also the way he sort of goes is just a kid who then is sort of zapped with magic and now he's got to deal with it. <laughs> um but I liked his sort of like lack of immediate competence. He's yeah, he <laughs> sucks at being a hero. <laughs> As you would the very first day yeah. of the job. Yeah, he's constantly careening into buildings and, like, knocking out whole sections of chimneys and stuff and going, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. Fuck. <laughs> he also has a a girl, because they all have to have one, right? And there's a girl who's his friend, Ginger, and it it, it is the most, like, immersion-breaking that he doesn't realize how much she wants to jump his bones. Mm-hmm. Like, she calls him Cutie. She never even uses his real name. She calls him Cutie. I kind of thought I I must have I must have I misread the the tone of their relationship. I thought they were already in this sort of courtship, and he's just a he's just that we've seen this character before with the men portrayed in Marvel. They're uh, aloof and uh, emotionally uh, withholding to a fault. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're right. I don't know. Yeah. It's 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 not really stated up front what the nature of their relationship is. It has. It, it has the feel of one that has not been officially defined and they probably haven't even kissed. Because this is not the first time we've we've had we've had a hero basically tell a woman to calm down her emotions are showing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a uh, there was an incredible. Uh, let me find it. A uh, a narrator judgy line where like she she's uh, she's tired of, of him sort of not paying attention to her because he's running off being Nova, of course. Um, and she goes off to hang out with like the school bully and some other girl and the narrator says maybe she thinks if rich learns she went out with mitch it would make him jealous enough to act like a real man and i was like jesus yeah i also so i also like that um in in spider-man so for one uh just to yeah you're totally right that's super gross uh (laughs) In Spider-Man, Peter Parker sort of decides not to join the football team so as to sort of keep his secret identity, right? To keep the right. ruse alive. 
Mm-hmm. In Nova, since he's just literally become zapped with magic Nova powers, this kid still is a dork. Yeah. Like, this is not a secret identity where he just isn't playing football to show up the bullies. He's still got zero interest. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. Still, he's still just like a, a dorko, for sure. And I like that. I like that energy a lot more. This kid was a lot more sincere and less of a power fantasy and more of a what would it, it's more of that. Like, what would it actually be like if a dweeb yeah. got shot with a with a magic wand? And yeah, speaking of the magic wand for anybody, I'm, I'm assuming most people who listen to this podcast don't read along with us. And that's OK. You're valid <laughs> as fuck. I just want you to know Nova, some sort of alien guy. And his planet got fucked by a big bad guy named Zor. And he's like dying in Earth's orbit as he's run away from the destruction of his planet. And his legs are crushed. And he's like, I'm dying. And he kind of zaps his power down to the Earth and is like, I hope it goes into someone cool. And then yeah. croaks. Like what? Okay, literally it could have hit anything, right? Like he zaps that power from space. And it didn't have to hit even like a person. Like what if no. it just hit like a fish? The dog like, becomes the newest member of the Nova Corps. Yeah, like how many, literally, how many other animals and creatures are on Earth and it just happened to fall into geeky dork town over here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and apparently he now gets the, uh, you, you, he says, you've inherited the powers of a centurion. The high rank of Nova Prime is yours. Like, what, you just need the powers and you get the rank? Seems like a bad system for hierarchy. We do it for Captain America. <sighs> oh, you're boom, right. baby. Oh, boom, boom, boom. You're right. Is that how we choose Americas that are captains? Well, yeah. yeah we choose I which mean, state gets to be captain. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I had a good time. He he uh he flies around. He does stuff. He says hello to pigeons. He's a cute dude. <laughs> He's I did a enjoy little it a lot. It's it's guy. very fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to punt it over to Shane right now because I know he wants to talk about the Condor. We, you can't do we that. It's fu- not even me. <laughs> it's fucking Roy. It's I, Roy I who was like, hey, did you notice that this uh, daddy is in this issue? And I was like, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> That's not at all. It's <laughs> not at all your it's like, Yeah. Lori. 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 <laughs> Lori. Rory literally like grabbed my jaw and ripped it open like a snake unhinging its mouth. Like he was like feast upon this daddy, Shane. And I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> well, if I must, <laughs> I, this is a, this is a dynamic, a, a villain dynamic that I, I don't think I've seen very often where like we've got two villains and one of them is like, just incredibly abusive to the other one. Yeah. Yeah, there's real there's a, there's a real sort of like dom sub sort of vibe going on between them. Yeah, and but then, not in the fun BDSM not in consensual the fun way. way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then and then on top of that, it just feels like Powerhouse refers to him, like speaks his name, he calls him Condor all the time in a way that is noticeable. Yeah. He, you know, you don't necessarily need to address, direct address somebody every time you speak a line, but he's always like, "Yes, Condor." Yes, Condor. Condor, may I please eat? And you're just like, <laughs> "Yeah, yep. you may, Powerhouse. You may." Oh, right. His name is Powerhouse, and he's he's wearing like the leather harness and like the leather wrist straps. And, <laughs> and there's the f- the, uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Because Shane, the first time he puts on the Powerhouse uniform, he looks so sad. He, he looks, looks like he's- <laughs> so sad. He's like so sad. I've put it in the Discord for anyone listening who goes to the Discord. Yeah, it's on the wall. It's on the wall of Shane. I even relabeled him Power Bottom. <laughs> like Condor, I hate my Power Bottom suit. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, you'll wear it. You'll wear it. In the condor roost, you'll wear it. (laughs) Return to the condor roost. He tells the the twink to go wait at home. (laughs) I'll talk to you in a minute. Oh, Uh, God. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the plot's not that interesting. They're trying to, I don't know. It, I enjoy these villains. Like, we, we're making a lot of, of cracks at the subtext, and the subtext is for sure there. Yeah. But their weird, like, relationship and tone, I was engaged with. Yeah, like, same. non-ironically. It's, they're an interesting pair. Yeah, and and Condor is scared of somebody he, don't, he won't even, like, mention the name of. He's, like, constantly worried about him. And Powerhouse <laughs> is like, who's him? And he's like, shut up, Powerhouse. Go back to the Condor roost. <laughs> Um, and we all know powerhouse has like a deep problem with pronouns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Asked for everybody by name. Condor. Yes, Condor. <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't know. We kind of, we, we end these first two issues on sort of a weird cliffhanger where Condor find, like bails on powerhouse and we don't really know how it's going to go. Cause maybe powerhouse is redeemable, right? He doesn't seem to want to be a villain. Yeah. Totally. Do you think, oh, do you think Nova and powerhouse become a thing? Ooh, Ooh. that could be. Uh, yes, Nova. No, you don't have to do that all the time. Okay, yes, Nova. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're going to put him in a little apron, and he'll come home and be like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I was just, like, you know, like, washing the floors or whatever. And he's like, dude, stop. You have to stop. You have to stop. <laughs> Nova, Nova, I'm stuck in the washing machine. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, uh, we got two issues of Howard. Howard the Duck. Um we did. I didn't love them. I'll tell no. you that right now. I like the second one. The second one is better than the first yeah. one. I, I agree. Uh, the first one has one redeeming moment where Howard the Duck punches a clown on live television, um, <laughs> which I was really, really having a good time with. It's more fucking clowns, dude. Now that we've met these characters a little bit, I'm just so disappointed in that look how random we are um, style of yep. comedy. Yeah, I know. And then, like, the kidney lady is back for some reason, and she <laughs> loved the clown, and now she's extra mad. And, like... I can't believe she came back. <laughs> once in a while, they kind of, like, tow towards an interesting topic where, yeah. like, uh, at the beginning, he he finds this uh, this comic at the, at the corner store that's, like, obviously, like, a Daffy Duck sort of send-up. And he gets really mad at all the duck stereotypes and starts calling into radio shows, complaining that comic books are promulgating racist myths and prejudice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's like an interesting almost engagement with something. And then we punch right. clowns and have the kidney lady. I don't yeah. you know. I don't I don't know how to swallow this. I mean, my thing with Howard the Duck is that the, the, honestly, I thought these were fine. These these were better than than the first mm-hmm. week, in my opinion. Now, that being said, to maybe cut ahead a little bit. uh. If if the true goal of this podcast is the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics, I'm I'm not feeling that they're living up to that to that standard. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, I agree. No, d- definitely not. We d- uh, we do have to talk about the cliffhanger of these though, because Andy decided to give us all these comments <laughs> with a cliffhanger. Can we talk I'm about? I'm so how- sorry. Listen. I will give you the whole premise of the second issue. They go to a spooky mansion. Yeah, and there's a, there's a there's spooky cookies, and there's a guy who's like, "You have godless cookies," and then they take him down into a torture chamber, and it's a Frankenstein moment. It is a giant gingerbread man. It's a cookie. It is a giant <laughs> gingerbread man, Frankenstein. Okay, uh, you can't do this. Frankenstein's to me, cookie. Frankenstein was the doctor. <laughs> Listen, this, um, th- listen, this freaking gingerbread man, like this Franken, <laughs> this Franken gingerbread man, 
This gingerbread stein looks like a really bad Adam Warlock knockoff because it is the same color as Adam Warlock and it's kind of the same shape. <laughs> right. I'm not mad about it. I'm so angry. <laughs> I'd, I'd eat that cookie. I want to I want to point out that the second issue gets some style props from me because it is Gene Colan drawing these these last couple issues. And Colan, I think, did a bit of a stint on the Dracula uh, title. And he really brought like since they were kind of doing like a spooky mansion week or month right on the comic, like he really brought the Dracula feeling into it. I mean, so we haven't really talked about it much because uh, Howard the Duck kind of constantly refuses to be high art. And I think that's the right choice. The art is yeah. far and away the best part of Howard the Duck. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. It's pretty well drawn. It's quite good. I don't know his first name, but Gerber, the writer since the beginning, I think, is the weak is the weak point here. Mm-hmm. Gene Colan is putting in all the work. Okay, wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. There is there is one thing in that second issue that I fucking loved. The, and, and yes, Rory, this is more of your lolso random humor. But at one point, and I'm not going to explain the context because it doesn't matter. It's fucking dumb. A cowboy rides up. And then very shortly afterwards, we, re- we learn that he's a real estate agent. And <laughs> it's just kind of fun to have this cowboy riding around yelling out things like, this area is zoned residential. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, I mean, there was some really fun, like, absurdity. He is funny. He's definitely funny. And, and that's and and there's always a place for absurdism it's mm-hmm. i would say just being random isn't necessarily absurdist and certainly you yeah. want different notes than just a random thing happening every time you want to do a joke mm-hmm. so are we are we of one mind here is this the last I howard think so. we read i would I, be willing we, to check in once in a while can we just do mm-hmm. the the gingerbread man sure i could do one more then, power then, like i said i'm not hating it i just feel like it's not it's not living up to what i want to be reading every week yeah right Okay, well, Shane Shane has requested that we find out what happens with the gingerbread man, so we'll leave <laughs> at least one more issue of Howard in the reading list for next week. I don't and think everybody then... understands the gingerbread man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last week we did issue one of Eternals, and we felt like we did not get even close to feeling like we knew what it was going to be. This week we read four issues of the Eternals. I think we have a much better solu- like place from which to have a conversation. Where are you at? I didn't like him. (laughs) I know. I feel you. Oh, God. That's that's a great soundbite of Rory. You can just insert it always, forever and always. No matter what you do, Rory. I didn't like him. (laughs) Unless it it has Cyclops on the page. Unless the Cyclops is there. No, I I did. So it, it doesn't feel like a joke, though. But I did love when... Last week I mentioned that the, there's an Eternal named Icarus, yeah, uh, which to me is funny because, right? Because Icarus is only most famous, famous for, for being dead. He's famous for dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing he's famous for is being really bad at flying. Yeah, and so they've, he's also a pilot in this one. <laughs> <laughs> he's both of the things. He's both yeah. the things. It's really funny. An alive pilot, and it just feels <laughs> it feels like this is not going to go well. So Eternals is jump in is Jack Kirby's baby. Uh, he's writing it. He's drawing it. And he's a much better artist than he is a writer, first and foremost. And it is already, even in 1976 standards, dated as fuck, the writing. The, and I've never much cared for the, like, it's the gods, but they're, it's, but now. 
Uh-huh. Uh, uh, pretty much every incarnation of that idea has bored me. Yeah, and there are things in here to like, and they're all visual, right? I think the Celestials are vi- are incredibly striking on the page, because then we finally get these gods that arrive on Earth to sort of, like, judge their creation over a period of 50 years where they stand still on a pedestal and just mm-hmm. sort of listen for a while. It's nonsense. And it's nonsense burger. It, it's totally nonsense. But these Celestials are, like, impossibly large, and they don't have faces that are recognizable. They're, like partly mythical partly robotic they're they have this really kind of cool future vibe to them at the same time that they seem really like strong and and ineffable like i I don't know there's it's a cool vibe what's not cool is the amount of time we don't spend like engaging with them and instead spend having characters monologue about them or tell us about them an interesting thing maybe this might be a side tangent uh this would be uh, I guess probably the closest thing we've had as uh, in American comics to like a, a manga, right? Where like an art, a clearly trained artist and a not trained writer are the same person and they're making a full piece of huh. multimedia. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because we've had a little bit of that with Jim Starlin too, right? With like some of that Warlock content that also wasn't oh, very was, good. <laughs> was he? A, I didn't realize did you he say was writer some of, dr- I'm sorry, did you say some of the Warlock content that wasn't very good, Andy? I'm sorry, Andy. Did you say some of the Warlock that wasn't very good, Andy? How fucking dare you? Uh, okay, well, there was that little bit where Pip the Troll, you know. Oh, you're talking about it, four panels? You're talking about four panels of Pip the Troll that were good, Andy? Yes, yes, yes. I'm just saying, for a little while, not the whole run, Jim Starlin was writing and drawing Warlock. So, like, it's not always a good idea. It's really tough. And and it's actually a real testament to the the people they have working in the manga industry in Japan because the fact that there are any good manga is wild because usually the people good at art are not the people that are good at writing. Well, and, and, and but that's sort of what I was going to get at is it, and even then, they're often not very good at writing. What they've learned is sort of basic tricks to kind of keep the page entertaining. This, yeah. Uh, again, that's sort of like stable of anime captains, right? Like have a large <laughs> cast of characters who are fun to draw mm-hmm. and they're big characters with kind of generally kind of one dimensional, but uh not necessarily in a bad way, because when you've got forty-five characters, we, <laughs> it's 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 fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jack Kirby, not really doing it. Not really doing it for me. No. So okay, so we meet a few characters. We've got Icarus, but then we are introduced to several new Eternals, um, which was the main interest for me. I was like, okay, what what other like feature figures from Greek mythology are we going to meet here? Um, we meet a guy. I don't know what his analog is supposed to be. We meet a guy named what is it? <laughs> I have Akon in my head, but that's Ooh. a different guy. Ajak? Ajak. Ajak. It's Ajak. I don't know what his like analog is supposed to be, but then we meet somebody like called uh Makari. Mercury. Mercury. Yeah, it's Makari. I think it's, it's Mercury. A, it's, right. Yeah, they're like it's Mercury. He gets but my like, name wrong. Everyone pronounces everything wrong. Yeah. So yeah. Makari and Cersei. Uh obviously Mercury and Cersei from myth which is is a weird take to me like i it's very believable that the name has just been like warped by thousands of years of remembering things mm-hmm. a little poorly like the game of telephone the fact that they multiple times the eternals like we've the the dumb humans just got our name wrong it yeah. doesn't doesn't land to me at all no that they, they say uh 
we Eternals have learned to live with the speech impediments of humans. <laughs> also, uh, not a huge fan of the take that basically all of like mankind's greatest achievements were secretly Eternals, especially when they <sighs> when they're like when they go to you know go to Latin America and they just are uplifted by the great white man. Yes, I know, and and none of the Eternals we've seen so far are drawn anything but white. Well, so far we've just met the Greeks. Yeah, you guys- oh yeah, right. People like love the Eternals. I think there's a reasonable there's a reasonable chance that the like the version from the eighties slaps. We can't I have not read from the you know, from the beginning to the end of the Eternals. That's kind of what the point of this podcast is. But the uh, the start of Eternals is not a uh, shining beacon of hope for me. Yeah, I know. I I was just gonna say we also meet uh, Zurus and Thena, which are obvious Zeus and Athena analogs that seem to be like i wasn't possible i mean i don't think that the zorus is obvious because he's not drawn in a way that's sort of typical zeus iconography (laughs) right there's a whole full page spread of just his face and he's very red yeah and he looks like uh richard the richard the red richard the lionheart yeah yeah it's pretty intense so i don't know there's some there's some interesting stuff there thena obviously definitely an athena uh, thing but like I kind of liked Thena I want to see more of her because she's got like the world's longest fucking stride like she, you see her walking away and her legs are like spanning the whole width of the panel she's like I'm out of here and so like yeah those are those things that I'm like latching onto. they're like visual fun panel stuff and Jack Kirby he's got a old school art style I mean it's like reading those first Fantastic Four issues it's like striking and sort of retro and cool i think i think when we get out of sort of like the piloty premisiness where we need to kind of constantly talk about how they you how they're the greek gods uh-huh. this could get cool like that to me is just very boring i know and i'm pretty confident i would be bored in the 70s i'd have to do a little research for when i found this for when this trope dies on the vine but i think <laughs> it's dead by the 70s to me yeah i also i have big trouble in little china no i have big trouble with (laughs) (laughs) i have big trouble with um with the the narrative and i know it's like really baked into a lot of comic stuff and especially marvel but the idea that like big important beings came back and are the reason humanity developed into humanity Mm -hmm. like i don't know like i feel like that robs something it does it does completely especially so it's kind of okay when you cast a really broad net, but then that starts to paint. That starts to ask the question: What's the point then? Mm-hmm. Um, to compare it to another time that that I recently experienced this in uh, on Saturday morning Tuesdays with Madoka. Yeah, we later learned that basically all of the great women of history were only great because they were magical girls, and that's not dope. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the opposite of dope. People are great because they're not magical. That's what yeah. greatness is. That's what's what a hero is. It's like <laughs> totally. the little dev- <laughs> And so this is sort of the exact the exact same problem. But it gets it gets worse here because you have two choices and neither of them are great. Yeah. You can you can either sort of contextualize Europe and European history as the only world that matters, or you can send these whites around the world to sort of <laughs> You know, basically colonize, <laughs> colonize, and get everybody whipped Welcome into shape. Welcome to our shape. new segment on on the Infinite Backlog: Whites Around the World. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! It's so yeah, it's so bad. I where in the world are all of the whites? whites. <laughs> that would be. I wish everywhere I wish they're that not wanted. Happen. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I I think it's further compounded this problem with the the, the situation where like to to restate it, we have we've we've learned that the celestials sort of created three divergent human species. We've got the humans, we've got deviants who are just like weird monster people, and then we've got the eternals who can't die. So why didn't you make those the main ones? But okay, whatever. And this all has such overlap with what we've already had to learn about for the previous decade with the Inhumans, like, yep. who are also kind of a, a a former, I think they're like a former Cree meddling, right? Like Cree back in time, fucking around, doing some weird experiments on humans, trying to make blah, 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 whatever. And they mm. made the Inhumans. There's so much weird overlap. And they have kind of this weird royal family feel. And they've got a secret city somewhere. And, 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 and. It's like... I don't know why this was necessary. If you'll allow a little English 101, this is, it's all Lord of the Rings. <laughs> right? Where I don't know the, what I expected you to say, but it wasn't that. <laughs> it definitely was not that. I think all of the pros and cons that they define humanity by are the Lord of the Rings humans and oh, the Inhumans okay. and the Eternals are much elves. more like the, oh, the elves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Deviants as the like orcs as the or orcs, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't like as well that the deviants are like ugly monster people and also they're the evil ones. Like, yeah, it feels very odd that because it's again not the first time they've done this where like some god created an evil, ugly race. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, 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 this is gross. Welcome to counter, counter, counter earth. <laughs> god. Uh, final thought on Eternals. When we see Zurus and Thena in Olympia, they're 100% playing Rock'em Sock'a robots, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, he's that's like, real? <laughs> he's, he's so sad he loses, too. <laughs> they're, called, they're called auto boxers. Yeah, but there's a red one and a blue one. Yep. Yep. Like, <laughs> I looked it up. I went and looked it up, and that toy's been around since the 60s, so it's it's legit. It's in there, so... Anyway, <laughs> let's have Rory, robots. Let's have Rory talk to us about X-Men. <laughs> uh, because once again, X-Men is completely beyond reproach and perfect. <laughs> I actually really did like uh, it's a great, uh, it's 101. A great 101. I didn't like 100 as much, but 101 was really good. We're getting the foundational bits for the Phoenix stuff that comes later with Jean Grey. And I really liked... I really like the the the, so the climax of this with Jean Grey putting everybody in the bio like the cryopods and uh, mm-hmm. trying to fly the plane and it goes into this sort of like psychedelic colors while she's going through the solar flare. It was rad as shit. It mm-hmm. was rad. It was very rad. It was Norin rad. And I I'm so sorry that I did that. I was I was quiet. I was not giving points. Yeah, you I should feel bad. You should feel bad about that one. <laughs> I like Your to. Joke is bad. You should feel bad. I need to go do a YouTube apology for that whole thing, that, that one little <laughs> sentence fragment. Yeah, they're, you know, because they're stuck in space. We find out, that, you know, they were they're fighting. They're on a space station fighting the other X-Men who we don't know how or why they're there. And we don't, yeah, it's all kind of, and they're not quite the same as mm-hmm. the as the X-Men we know them. And that's because we find out they're either mini Sentinels or just androids with sort of basic shape and powers. It's yeah. a little unclear. It's also really unclear how Dr. Lang somehow made a robot that had a mild version of Gene's telekinesis. Like, that seems mm-hmm. pretty beyond what you could do with a robot, maybe. But the robots, the robots have, uh, the Sentinels have, have a similar power to the Borg, where, like, once you use a weapon on them, they adapt. Mm, yeah, right. 
Um, but I don't remember them like gaining the powers, but I'm sure that's happened. Yeah. But it's kind of cool. I, I don't know if I want to like go on record as like, this is the turning point. This is where it hit a stride. But I really got that feeling somewhere in the at the end of 100 and into 101 where like the character stuff is really forefront. We've still got the action. There's really cool visuals. There's like intriguing big stuff going on. Like it all seemed to click all of a sudden and we get all these like, like especially when they get home and they think Jean's dead and then she busts out of the ocean and is like, I am the Phoenix, right? Like, yeah. Uh, what does she, what does she say? She says, I am fire and life incarnate now and forever. I am Phoenix. And then goes into a coma. And so there's this really cool sequence in the hospital where they're all just sort of like waiting around and uh, fucking Scott is just having a fucking come to Jesus with himself. And it's really interesting where he's like, I thought the X-Men were what gave my life meaning. And it turns out it's Jean. And I don't know how to deal with that because now she might die. And he's like trying so hard not to have like just a huge breakdown in front of everybody. And I, th- mm-hmm. I thought it was fucking cool. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I don't know if this is too much of a hot take, uh, but you should, you should be no surprise coming from me. Uh, Dracula notwithstanding, like within the primary Marvel sort of uh, canon, this feels like the first comic that's really firing on all cylinders. Spider-Man hits notes, but it, it did not keep the consistent highs. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to give it a few more issues to see. Right. Like, I, I, I feel you. I feel like it's beginning. I feel like the train is is running and yeah. it feels good. We get the the first inkling that uh, Wolverine, we finally see Wolverine acknowledging that he's like interested in Gene sexually. It kind of, they, yeah, they have a sort of a meet cute in episode one or in issue 101. There's mm-hmm. uh, there's some playful yet emotionally charged banter between the two. Yeah. Uh, I kind of got a kick out of uh, near the end here. They, they think they get the, they get word that Gene's going to be okay. And Professor X is like, okay, well, Scott and I are going to be on 100% gene duty. So no one's going to mm-hmm. be able to manage the X-Men. So you're all on forced vacation. And Banshee's like, oh, I uh, I have an unresolved plot point we could totally use. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he invites everybody to his newly inherited Irish mansion. <laughs> and this is, yeah, this is the part that I'm like interested to see where it goes next week. If it stays like interesting. Um mm-hmm. Some fun, some fun stuff with Aurora in, uh, in a European stone castle, sort of being like, "Oh fuck, I'm claustrophobic." Yeah, no doubt. Although it doesn't seem that oh. different from 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 Xavier's castle, right? I thought you were talking about the fun part where she was naked. <laughs> <laughs> I thought well, I thought you were gonna go right into yeah, she's all the a full-blown smoke up. show. And then she like <laughs> blows all of her clothes off and she makes a storm to take a little like warm storm shower. She showers her, she showers herself with her mutant powers, everyone. This is canon. Yes, she does. It is canon. Um, and then she, you know, just chills naked a little bit. And then she's got this like beautiful like kimono thing she's wearing. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. There's a really fun bit where Kurt. You know, Kurt has it. Kurt just never stops having fun with the device that Professor X gave him that makes him look like a normal person. <laughs> and he tries a bunch of different looks out and settles on like his usual Errol Flynn thing. And he's like, I'm hot. You're hot. And she's like, yeah, I'm hot. You're hot. And then they like walk to the party together and Peter shows up and he's like, you're hot. And Kurt's like, back off. And she's like, <laughs> OK, y'all <laughs> shut up. 
I'm neither of your date. Let's just go like a threesome to this party. Yeah, there's enough, there's enough storm to go around, everybody. Like, let's be real. <laughs> it was cute. I don't know. I, 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 I'm just in, I'm into this team dynamic. I like it. It's fun. Yeah. It is really good. Did you guys notice that they call Wolverine um, slurs against short people like three times? What do they say? Everyone, everyone, <laughs> everyone just calls him a midget over and over and over yeah. again. Oh, wow. That's right. They do. Yeah. Every like different characters, not just like one person. Yeah. Well, they have to remind you that he's short because it's one of his currently they don't write characteristics. <laughs> they don't. They don't write him short. How do you write someone short? <laughs> no, I'm joking. But but like, I suppose what I mean also with a lot of uh, close up panels or uh, panels where he's sort of in the air fighting some sort of monster where there's no obvious right. Um, you know, com- visual comparison. Yeah, you don't always see on the. You can't always tell on the page he's short unless you put a bunch of people in the same panel and then he's yeah, and small. have them just standing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be my. Wouldn't be the way I would remind the reader but right <laughs> um it's fun it is fun when you remember he's tiny yeah god well, i wonder what is his canonical height oh you know who's gonna answer this for uh, me is the wiki the google i want to say let me let me take a crack at it i want to say five two. five two i was gonna go i was gonna go five even but i might go higher i might go five four y'all five three he's five three you both yes! win <laughs> yes He's 5'3 and 195 pounds. 195? That's mm-hmm. thick. That's Ooh. fucking He's thick. thick. I just started That's drooling. I boy. just drooled all over myself. <laughs> That's like a good stump. <laughs> Hello, welcome like to Wolverine's a... new comic, The Good Stump. <laughs> Gene, Gene, I'm like a tree stump. <laughs> I got my bones from here. <laughs> I need my to plant bones. some roots. <laughs> My bones are tree trunks, Gene. Gene. <laughs> this hurts my soul. Clang, clang. Clang, clang. Oh. Bring. All right. Um, Ding dong. Can, can, <laughs> Ding dong. Uh, there's too many bells. There's too many bells, Hunchback. What are you doing? Uh, hang on, wait. Should I bring the Andy energy? Should I be like, hello yeah. and welcome yeah, please to do. Fuck, Mary Kill, <laughs> where we have one in the gun, one in the bum, and one who is the one. I'm just, I'm just gonna get right down to business, you guys. Listen, we're, we we got to talk fuck Mary Kill this week. We're talking. First off, our first contender is Cersei. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. She's fucking cool and magic, and we didn't talk a ton about her and character. She, and but... she just dances in her fucking New York penthouse all day. Yeah, and she can it's... turn people into she can turn people into snakes or turn them into turn lizards. Pe- she turns people into <laughs> snakes, into lizards, lizards, pigs. She turns people into pigs. She's got she hits all of my notes. Okay. Yeah. Um, secondly, we got to talk about that big spooky gingerbread man. <laughs> we got to <laughs> we got to talk coming. about we got to talk about Frank and Gingerstein. Okay. I can't. And then thirdly, and this is the absolute best one. And yes, you may be asking yourself, do they come as a pair? They come as a pair. (laughs) 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 It is. It is indeed Condor and the power bottom. Yes. I was so ready for it to be not those two for you to really curveball us at the end. Yeah. I oh, wanted to make fun. sure that we like actually, you know, talked about the intri- the intricacies of of their character. It's fine. Yeah, 
No, I'm yeah, on board. Yeah. Cersei seems marryable to me. That's that's like mm-hmm. my gut reaction. Cersei definitely mm-hmm. seems marryable. If we're talking about a merry conversation, the gingerbread Frankenstein is a little bit of a tough call because He comes to the castle. Yes, he does come to the castle, but his creator, Ergo, uh, uh, i.e. his mother, is like a 12-year-old girl. And so yeah. like your mother-in-law would be like a 12-year-old girl. And that's a little weird to explain at parties. Also, maybe that your husband is a gingerbread man, but, you know, he's it's also, just another thing to have to explain. <laughs> he's also a fucking snack. <laughs> so, uh. I, I don't i can't think of anything else i want more than adam warlock as a cookie <laughs> gobbling right up just gobble up adam warlock cookie adam warlock as a cookie is a communion wafer so uh i don't <laughs> Um, it's such a complicated conversation with it's the Condor a good one. It's and always the Powerhouse. Bummer. Yeah, there's three good ones, and that means you're going to kill something, you know, it's a bummer. That's how it goes <laughs> with Fuck, right Kill, baby. Them's the breaks. I don't want to kill two people. I already don't like killing anyone. I have to kill two people? No. <laughs> We're so different. You and I are so different. <laughs> Shane's kills the best part. <laughs> I'm, Shane I'm goes, I that. get to kill two for the price of one? Yeah, exactly. I don't know, man. I'm I'm kinda into I'm kinda into ginger gingerbread stein. Mm. I I can't decide on a name to call him. I can't. I like ginger stein. It's okay. Ginger ginger stein is good. Ginger stein is good. I I feel like he maybe isn't a marrying character though. I don't think so. I think you So I you wanna got, so you wanna fuck him. Are you going to Black Widow that shit? Or are you going to fuck him and then eat him? He has, the, yeah, probably. He has like the new to life rage going on, right? That's and he a has baby. All this, like, That's just a screaming yeah. baby. He's, he's got the, the pent up, new to the world, screaming rage at his creator going yeah. on. And I'm kind of into just that. Going to get him to take it out on you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel you on there. <laughs> See, I think I, I think I think I'm gonna go the third way. I think I think I'm killing. I think I'm killing the Cookie Boy. Oh, I think you. I think in this case for me, I think I'm killing. I think I'm killing the ginger. Plus, also, I'm already. I'm already a big thick ginger. Like we don't need. We don't really need two in the back. <laughs> think two of, in the oh, house. Wait, but think of how powerful you would be if you were double thick, double ginger. That's true. If I wore him like a spacesuit. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like a double stuff Oreo. <laughs> The double stuffed gingerbread God. Oreo. <laughs> okay. I have a final answer. I'm gonna I'm gonna marry Cersei because she seems dope and I don't I haven't yet found anything that I don't like about Cersei. Aside from okay. the fact that maybe she was just chilling in her penthouse while the while the deviants attacked New York. I'll okay. just maybe say she was too distracted. I fuck the gingerbread man because I'm going to eat him afterwards because I'm hungry. And then I have to kill the powerhouse and the condor because I just don't like that relationship, but I don't want to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to, I'm going to fuck condor and the powerhouse. Uh, Okay. Together or separately? Well, I think here's what I'm going to get at. It has to be a Patrick. It has to be. It has to be. Look, everybody's, everybody's in the mix. Don't get me wrong. 
Yeah. Nobody, mm-hmm. Nobody's getting left out. But I do feel like not only are these two, like, these two are banging. Like, we can... Yeah. There's energy. In, the Condor's Roost is a, is a fucking sex dungeon. <laughs> uh, and also, I feel like you get to... You get to kind of mix and match your energy with how, like, you've got, you've got, you've got uh, two choices at all times to kind of go where you're going. Yeah, that's true. Kind of meet you, meet you where you want to be. And I feel like that's you, that's, you know, going to be a good night. I think we can just, I think we can just roll up a doobie (laughs) and uh, just party all night. And then you marry Cersei. You got to marry Cersei. I yeah. don't know if you Unless gotta marry Cersei. Yeah, that's I think, true, because she's always th- going to be threatening to turn you into a snake. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think if she turned you into a snake, it'd be pretty fun. <laughs> she could wear you around the house. <laughs> um, oh. I'm not going <laughs> to ask how that would work. <laughs> Listen, I am on record multiple times saying that I am not the I biggest... don't know how straight sex works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on record multiple times saying that I don't. I just don't understand it. So, um, I I don't think I can keep Cersei in the realm of the living. Okay. <laughs> um, All right. I, you know, I think I would get real sick and tired of her asking me what my sign was. Um, oh, sure. I would get real sick and tired of her dancing around her crystals in her apartment, and I would just be done with it after like <laughs> I don't know, ten, uh, 10 minutes. 10 minutes, I'd be out. She does um, seem like a lot. Yeah. So I probably push her out of her penthouse window. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I, Shane, you I... always tell us how you <laughs> I know kill she them. tells us how. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just makes it feel like it's a lot more real for Shane than it is. For <laughs> it's us. a lot more real. <laughs> I just like I'm a planner. I like to have a plan. I no. I, so I I I have sexy gingy time. Okay, and then I marry Condor and Power Bottom. Wow, because <laughs> for the well, rest because, of your life, Shane. I, but listen, but listen. So I think. That I that that Condor and I probably get along very well, and I think we I think we keep the I think we keep the other one around. If you know what I mean? <laughs> keep him as a pet. Really go hard on this Dom Sum relationship. <laughs> I think that's how it has to work out. Yeah, unfortunately, sorry. <clears throat> anyway, well, that's it. That's we've done it. We've done another one. 30, 30 issues in the bank, y'all. Thirty issues. That's We've 90 done it. Characters. Thirty plus. 90. I feel like I feel like this is a great <laughs> fuck Mary kill that like you could write a you could write an essay about which like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's three there's there's good choices for all everybody and in, everybody involved. There really mm-hmm. were. Yep. Yeah, but this is this has been issue thirty of uh, of Uncle Fudge's ice cream podcast. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't talk about Nova's favorite ice cream hangout, Uncle Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thanks for hanging out for the first 30, and we're going to go ahead and have to cream you next time. Bye. Who needs an uncle when you have a daddy? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.